0: Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. So Phoebe, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good.
1: It feels like these two weeks absolutely flew.
0: Yeah, but life is flying for me in general.
1: Yeah. Well, I actually did think it was going to be December 1st on Friday, not November 1st. So I'm like, (laughs) so I'm so ready to be in 2020 already.
0: Oh my God, (laughs) guys. It's actually the the end of a decade. So you've got two months left.
1: Well, so do you know this thing about, um, and this is completely tangential, but it just popped into my head when you said that there. So your moon or something like that renews every 7 years this is so kind of tarot card horoscopes but um your moon renews every 7 years so every 7 years obviously 7 14 21, 28. So I'm in my 28th year this year. So apparently this is supposed to be a kind of seismic year of change. So I'm really excited to see what 2020 is going to bring for me.
0: What more change can you have? Because yeah, you've had a lot of change.
1: Actually, 2020, could I have less change? Could that be my seismic kind of <laughs> I don't want adjustment. any more change. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've been good. I actually read, have you read The Handmaid's Tale? No. Have you watched the TV show? Yeah. Okay, what were your thoughts on that? Amazing. Oh, my God, amazing, amazing,
0: amazing, amazing, amazing show. I have had to stop watching it because it just became too real. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the Chernobyl show. Oh God, there's I a genre, but that. there's a genre of this type of show mm-hmm. that's like very like harrowing. Yes. Oh, um, my God, do you
1: know what, When They See Us, the Ava DuVernay one about the central I Park still ride. haven't
0: watched When They See Us because Obviously, it's a story that's very traumatizing. But when you're black, it's like even more traumatizing. No, I can imagine. (laughs) So I I haven't watched it and I don't know when I will watch it. I can
1: understand that. I'm not going to be like, I totally get that. But have you seen I actually couldn't watch it all. I ended up, because I always want things like that to have the streaming numbers. I played it, but I couldn't sit through it. Because even though you're saying to yourself, you know, they're out now. They're fine. They're free. You just think about how defenseless and how stacked against them the the deck was from the beginning
0: you think about um, the lack of humanity mm-hmm. you, i do not want to talk about when they see us
1: yeah no i'm so sorry that was complete <laughs> but when you said harring tv shows that was the first thing that popped into my head um so i read the testaments by margaret atwood so it's basically like the prequel to handmaid's tale but it's when this whole gilead society first sprung up and Honestly, like Margaret Atwood is just one of the the best writers. I she's think she's a G. She's a G. Honestly, she's damn good. And I was saying to my mum because I actually was was home when I was reading it. So my mum and dad have got just kind of books everywhere. So I feel like I was one of those very precocious children who read titles that were just like lying around for the sake of reading them, but didn't fully get them. And so I read like The Handmaid's Tale when I was maybe eleven or something like that. And I remember thinking. But that, that Latin phrase that they have, the nolite te bastardom one about like, don't let the bastards grind you down. I remember thinking that would be such a cool tattoo. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, because it's actually, I don't know.
0: You come across the handmaid's tale when you're quite young. Mm. So I definitely read at least half of the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And that is such a famous quote, like, Don't let the bastards get you down. But I you could you don't put it into the context of the Handmaid's Tale. I always thought it was like this cool thing as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's the thing. And especially now that it's, you know, a huge HBO show. I was saying to my mum this weekend, I'm so glad I didn't get that tattoo. <laughs> like, can you imagine being like I just really love Elizabeth Moss. But yeah, so sorry. I digress. Um, I read that book this past week, which was amazing, which I feel has really fittingly for this time of year, Spooky Halloween, really reignited my love for kind of sci-fi dystopian novels. So I'm I'm back down that rabbit hole. If anyone's got any recommendations of really good sci-fi dystopia, kind of Oryx and Crake, Margaret Atwood-esque, please let me know. So that is, I feel, the main thing that I did this week, just devoured some good (laughs) Books. Books.
0: <laughs> but the, the it's interesting with the whole handmaid's tale being so popular now and then if you think about, you know, what's happening in the US and mm-hmm. sort of the war against women basically yeah. and obviously we can use the US as an example, but there's many societies where like women just don't have rights. Yes. So definitely. yes, it's dystopian, but it's actually
1: Oh, quite sure. real <laughs> and also i bet for some people they're watching it and thinking oh it's positively utopian but that's yeah, true right. yeah
0: that's so funny it's really all about your perspective but yeah for me handmaid's tale is just way too much i had to stop watching it after season three i think
1: mm-hmm. is it season four now so i think season four is coming out soon i'm so i stopped after season two, two then mm. oh man yeah i mean it gets darker, and darker. <laughs> yeah but it was getting darker and darker yeah. and I, I couldn't cope No it it is super heavy and also as you say it's so topical and I think that even if you're thinking oh well I'm not a handmaid you see threads of that that you think oh my god you know I know I know men like that and I also know women like that and you talk about how topical it is. I I just have empathy. (laughs) Do you?
0: Like I just have empathy like I probably wouldn't be a handmaid if you look at the, the what think... makes them handmaids
1: yes yeah, right yeah.
0: i probably would be in a big house living my oh, my life you know what but, do you know what i mean so i'm not looking at it from that perspective yeah. like i'm not a moralist in that way mm-hmm. and so i just don't like what happened to the handmaids
1: that is really funny because i spoke to my husband about it and i was just saying because it was one of, i'm watching it on my own that is too dark for charles by far but i was like I watch things like this, and I feel that I have a very realistic look at myself. I wouldn't be in a big house, I'd be Aunt Lydia.
0: Because, oh, really?
1: <laughs> and I don't like it about myself, but I think if something like that comes into play- Oh, you're awful, play, you're awful, I know, you're awful. I'd, just be, I'd just be saving my own snivelling skin straight away, I'd be like, oh my, you guys are so right. Why don't you give me a brown dress, and I'll do it for you, so you don't have to get your hands dirty. So yeah, things like that for me are just a little too, <laughs> I have to be honest but how's your couple of
0: weeks been? It's so funny because on our first podcast, we were talking about, or I was saying that I had a sense of foreboding joy Mm -hmm. and I was so happy Uh a month ago. Uh, I've just been so, so stressed. Right. But what I realized is that I've just taken on so much because I've started a new job. Mm -hmm. I do intensive French class on a Mm -hmm. Saturday for seven hours. Wow. So I just don't really have a break because then on Sunday, you know, there's always like something to do. So it's been so like full on. And then obviously like podcasts, catching up with friends, like your
1: life in general. Doing a food shop. <laughs> like I the do mine life online. Admin. No, I know, but even sometimes finding the time to do life admin and thinking, I've got to put on a wash, I've got to. Yeah, it's you know. really, it's very tough.
0: Life admin is a big issue actually. So I ended up being like so stressed out on Monday and just like completely just crashed from stress. Mm. And it's so funny because when you see, not funny, but it, it reminded me of the ITV interview with Meghan Markle when the interviewer asked her how she is, and you just see oh, how no. fragile she is in that moment. I and then one of my um, not my manager, but like one of the managers on my team was like, "How are you?" And I just oh, like crumple, crumpled, crumpled, and it boring. was like because when you know when you are in in a in a sort of high stress situation and you are just focusing on. Like fight or flight, basically, you're in mm-hmm. survival mode, and then somebody asks you how you're doing, but you know they're genuine
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The you they're know? actually asking they're actually asking it like it disarms you it
0: disarms you basically, mm-hmm. so i had I had one of those moments, and um my husband actually recommended a book for me to read that I would like to share with you guys, so uh the book is called "What is Water, and it's by Kyvan Kean. And so he's basically an entrepreneur. He's a consultant, he's at McKinsey. And the book is really interesting because it says that, you know what, we actually live in a really volatile, uncertain world. Mm. Things are just completely out of your control on a macro level and on a micro level. And the only thing you can do is practice radical self-awareness, okay, basically. And just focusing on what you can control because you can't, control other people. Mm-hmm. You can't make people like you, you can't make people respect you, you can't make people want to spend time with you, yeah. you can't make people see your value. So, it's really just a waste of energy.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And I was actually wasting my energy on some of those things this week. And this book is is excellent. And sort of, it really helped me kind of realign and kind of focus on what's important. And all I can do is just like focus on myself, the energy that I'm bringing, my own intentions and my performance. Mm-hmm. And what I also did when I was feeling stressed out was speak to uh, one of my mentors. Okay. and he's amazing he's so so amazing like amazing 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 and he was saying to me that he actually has like five to ten goals for the year okay and he will write them down every day and different wow. things that he's going to do to achieve those goals every amazing. day right and that had a huge impact on me because what it made me realise is that when you're focusing on your goals and your purpose, then you're less likely to get distracted by like these different stumbling blocks. yeah. People who don't matter or things that are temporary, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's definitely a habit that I'm going to adopt.
1: Talk to us a little bit more about your mentor because one thing that I really admire about you is that you... I mean, we spoke about this a little bit in our first episode, how if you see someone and you're attracted to their energy, their kind of personality, you'll say, I think that we should be friends. But certainly from a career perspective, you are quite fearless in saying, I'd like to speak to you about X. And I think that that's something that people could benefit from hearing about. Yeah, it's really
0: interesting. So in terms of this specific mentor that I'm referring to, so last year I was like, I need a mentor right i just need some guidance on you know my next steps career wise um and i was interested in potentially doing an mba and i was like oh i want to like find somebody with like similar career background to myself who's done an mba or like in the process of doing one and so i was on linkedin and i was like doing right. different searches and then you know ended up sort of finding someone on linkedin reached out to him and I was like hey this is who I am like this is my background I see you're doing your MBA this school I'm interested in potentially doing my MBA can we meet up and have a coffee I'd love to know more about you know your career and how you've gotten where you are
1: and so you didn't know him at all at all wow and he was he got back to you he was like yeah that sounds great he was like
0: let's do it and then we were meant to meet up for like half an hour we ended up hanging out for 90 minutes wow and he was like you know I just think you're great. The thing about me though, is my follow up is very, very strong. So (laughs) like we hit it off, but it's not just about sort of meeting somebody and hitting it off. And this is a tip that I learned from David McQueen. Just go find David on LinkedIn. Oh my Um, God. Yeah, David is, is epic, but I sent him like a thank you card to his office like the next day, thanked him for his time. And then we've been able to like build up this great relationship, like we mm. just have a great rapport. And he's one of my champions, he's one of my sponsors and, and he's my mentor. Amazing. And the reason why speaking to him was really important in this context is because I've started a new job. I'm in a new te- in a new team, I'm in a new environment, I'm working with people that don't know me. And so when people just don't know you and you feel that they don't necessarily have the best impression of you, speaking to someone who does know you and it's like, yeah. no, that's not, not, I know who you are.
1: Yes, it re I know,
0: you. I know what, you know, that you have what it takes, mm-hmm. right? That is like, it's such an injection of like positivity. Yes. And I was like, yes, pow! <laughs> I'm back. So I'm not back 100%, but I think that, you know, having those relationships, it's just great. And it, you know, it's so funny because when I called him, he just boom, just went into like- Hype man mode. Yeah, hype man mode.
1: Amazing. <laughs> you know that what I is mean? what you need. And that's really
0: what you need. So yeah, I did want to share this book with you guys called What is Water? And that whole concept of really, really focusing on what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, he calls it a radical focus on what you can control. And then in the next slide again. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's repeat that one more time. A radical focus on what you can control. And yeah, you know, having people in your life who
1: can help you reset when it gets a little rough i think as well that that is an important reminder in terms of people will think what they want and say what they want but eventually the truth will out so you Mm. can't spend your life being on for someone or you know censoring yourself or behaving in a certain way because I do often think when you start a new job or you're in a new environment, you're very kind of, you know, I am the smiliest person ever. I'm always in an upbeat mood because <laughs> you're really trying to project this image of yourself as go get a team player, which obviously are invariably qualities that you probably have already. But you're not allowing yourself to be human in that because you're trying to be so perfect as the newcomer. So Very, very stressful.
0: Um, And then also for me, I'm somebody that is used to, oh, this colleague or this friend is in stress mode. I'm the person that comes in. Mm -hmm. You've got this, how do we fix this? So me being the person that needed the help, Mm -hmm. that was very, very tough. Yeah. So that's been my week, you know, it's so funny because usually I'm, you know, my week for like, or have been recently, so so
1: chilled yeah 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 (laughs) but you know what there it is the it swings and roundabouts and its peaks and troughs and if it was chilled all the time you wouldn't appreciate it basically because you'd be like this is so boring yeah it's true and
0: also for me it's just like another opportunity to just grow and Mm -hmm. and be better i definitely want to like master my own emotions and focus on my own business
1: but you know what there is a power And I think this is going to link back to what you just said there a couple of minutes ago about Meghan Markle. There's a power in also owning that emotional narrative Mm. because, you know, if you use that ITV special as an example, a lot of the critique, and to be clear, I am a huge Meghan Markle stan. So if they don't want to be hiding my agenda here, I love her. (laughs) And I think you do too. But I think um, a lot of the critique that was leveled at her about that ITV special was oh, you know, you shouldn't be talking about that there. It's so unroyal to be, you know, talking about how you're feeling and talking about being lonely and this whole ridiculous narrative about... um...
0: Sorry, did you watch the whole interview?
1: Uh, I only saw some clips. Oh, so you saw the interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I watched big old chunks of it, but I won't say Mm. that I sat down and watched the full hour and a bit. But... When she kind of said, you know, I've been feeling this way and it's been hard and being a new mother is hard and being a newlywed is hard. She must have listened to episode one of the Jules and Free podcast dealing with your in-laws. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when she said that and people were saying, you know, basically you don't have the right to say that because you're royal. I thought it was so interesting because I thought, actually how incredible that despite this, she has said which again ties in with our second episode where we spoke about kind of mental health and boundaries that actually it doesn't doesn't matter what kind of circumstances i come from or you think i've come from and what my life looks like but well, that's a very
0: it's a very british um mentality sensibility yeah or mentality to sort of be like oh you're royal you can't complain or oh you have money, like mm-hmm. you can't complain. Like I think when it comes to and the whole press is like set up to be yeah. like you're royal, you can't complain. And obviously, when it comes, you know, if we talk about like mental health and like postpartum mm-hmm. life, right, it's not easy. And it doesn't matter about you know your your social status or how much money you have doesn't shield you from mental health issues or no. from like anxiety and depression and stress and yeah. with megan markle it's a very specific thing because i think the way people treat megan markle is very Evident. different yeah to how they treat kate i can imagine that people would be very sympathetic if she was like if kate were to say h- she difficult. had
1: postpartum yeah difficulties i know that Meghan Markle didn't come straight out and say she had postpartum mm. depression, but it would be a completely different narrative. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and that's what's sad. You know, Meghan is so strong. she's people just don't realize how strong this this woman is. Yeah. her sister. Oh my god, is her cyberbullying her? Her sister's you know, cyberbullying her. Yes, I heard.
1: Wow. So Sweden, the UK, and the US, I believe. Yeah, I think Canada as well. I really yeah. like yeah. cyberbullying cases against Samantha Markle. Yeah, because it's,
0: I mean, it's wild. It's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And then this situation with the MPs, the UK MPs. Yes.
1: So 72 MPs, by the time this episode uh, comes out, I'm sure you guys will have heard about this, but 72 MPs s- signed a letter basically to the Duchess of Sussex saying that they recognised the persecution basically that she's receiving from the tabloid media. And that they recognize the racist and colonial undertones of those pieces. And that's been signed then by 72 female MPs. Oh, it's all women? It's all women in a bipartisan sense. So I believe that men may have added their or may yet add their names to it. But it certainly started out Holly Lynch is the MP. Well, that's
0: disappointing.
1: No, no, no. I think it was deliberately set up for women to be shown because basically the the narrative is that we ourselves have also seen the smearing that women get, Oh yeah, you know, in in the media just by virtue of being women. But we've recognised that with you that there's a specific racist colonial undertone to it. So this also hopefully speaks to the fact that the tide turns. You know, it's not to say that, oh, it's okay, just let them treat you like that for a bit longer because eventually they'll see the error of their ways. But hopefully it speaks to if you can be true to yourself people of integrity will recognize that and will say no 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 she's right this treatment isn't fair
0: well i mean perhaps hopefully um i won't hold my breath mm-hmm. it's really you know the it's the treatment of Meghan markle is so interesting and i'm sure they're going to be books and People are going to explore this in a lot more detail than I have the intellectual capacity to do. But when we, I was in Beirut, it was funny. Like, we were coming out of a um, restaurant, and you had these two women, and one of them was like, Oh, I saw Megan Marco in the paper. This is in Lebanon, <laughs> right? Okay. I saw Megan in the paper or on the news or something, and it was like, What did she do now?
1: Oh, stop. Right. Is that the yeah, and then
0: the friend or. The person with her, she was quite old, and I think maybe it was her daughter or something. The friend was like, "Oh yeah, she's done some. I think it's a clothing line. So it was when she did like, her oh right, clothing, yeah. but it's like, what's this whole thing of like, oh, what did what's she done now? But Meghan um, is not wild by no, royal no.
1: standards. She is the person that retrospectively will be said to have dragged the royal family into the 21st century. because History will will say hist- that. Yeah. History will certainly say that because the royal family the monarchy cannot continue to exist as it does now the older royals do plenty of things for their their various charities but the younger generation and that's your william your kate your harry they do not do very much and so megan comes in she hits the ground running she's straight away doing a grandfell cookbook she's doing a fashion line to support the various charities or the one of her um, supporting women to get back into work charities. They're working with young people. Oprah on the mental health initiative. They're mm. working with young people. Harry's about to launch the third or fourth Invictus Games now. She's in there, she's doing things. Yeah, and she's doing a lot. what I think people then don't like is the comparison when you can say, Oh well, look at how much work she's doing, but they're not doing very much. Obviously, the people who aren't doing very much aren't going to like that.
0: But I've never heard anyone acknowledge how much work, work she, she does. does, Yeah, have you? You're the first person I've heard list all the things that she's doing. Like, I don't hear that. I don't read that in the Evening Standard. No, well, of course not.
1: (laughs) Remember what we said last week, guys, okay? Stop voting Tory. (laughs) Stop reading the Evening Standard. I know it's free, but just don't take it. For any of our listeners who are listening from abroad, the Evening Standard is the free newspaper you get given in London when you get on the tube in the evening. But it is as my husband calls it, a Tory rag. It is, it is, it is. uh, For context, if they're talking about Jeremy Corbyn, who is the leader of the Labour Party, they have in previous years photoshopped what he's wearing to make him look like more of a communist. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so unethical. It's so unethical. They're absolutely awful. I just think, you know, obviously read what you want. (laughs) but don't don't be looking at something like the evening standard as your news source
0: oh yeah definitely you definitely need to read more than just the the evening standard anyway i don't want to talk about this country (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) we are not
0: it's too stressful at the moment what's happening in this country but if we sort of take a a look at kind of like vulnerability and like managing like stress that's associated with that (laughs) do you have any tips
1: so you know what? it's interesting, because I guess one of the other things that I've been doing over the past couple of weeks, and um, when you ask what I've been up to, is an Instagram that a friend of mine was was posting about, and I ended up going down the rabbit hole of it called "She Is Found" Studio. And basically, it's it's about faith and it's about God. And it's been really interesting for me. I was I was raised Catholic, um, spoiler. The absolute shocking twist of an Irish woman being raised as a Catholic. (laughs) And that was always very much so the default for me. And then like a lot of people, I think of my generation, as they got older, very much so fell away from religion and organized religion in particular. And in the past couple of years, I think very tentatively, I've been dipping a toe back into it. And I guess more broadly speaking, exploring for me, what faith means in relation to, say, self-care, my mental health, and the various buzzwords that we use around mental health now, like things like mindfulness or meditation. So how has this Instagram changed your perspective? Well, what I've found quite nice about it is that it is not very preachy, and basically it, it resets religion in a way that, I obviously can't speak to everyone's interpretation of it, but it resets religion in quite a personal way. And just thinking about things as love for want of sounding a bit trite, a bit Dr. Phil. But I think one of the things that I've always struggled with, with organized religion, is the sin that's always in organized religion, you know, that you have to apologize. This, this, and it's the mentality that I want to bring into 2020 and beyond with me, is that your religion can just look at, at goodness, at healing, at purity, if that makes sense. Mm. But is that, what religion is that? Oh, (laughs) it's a little thing I've been calling. I I don't uh, think that's Christianity. (laughs) No, oh my God, no, of course not. Christianity is so steeped in guilt and and shame and sin and um, misogyny and I think that, again, that's where growing up as an Irish Catholic, there is an added level of I guess, not not difficulty, but contradiction almost in that. And we're complexity because we've said that we're not going to get too into British politics. I don't want to get into Irish history too much either. But obviously, Ireland was colonized. And this is something that I feel is very true. But feel free to come at me in the comments <laughs> and emails or whatever afterwards. When Ireland won her freedom from the United Kingdom, it created a vacuum which the catholic church then filled there's a lot of insidious oh so
0: then the catholic church became the colonizer
1: i would i would say i
0: think that's a accurate way of yeah from what i know of irish history that's a really i mean just because the catholic church became so powerful
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely and the irish church basically wrote our constitution and so there are amazing things that Ireland has done in the past couple of years. The The marriage equality referendum, the repeal the eighth referendum, which was about basically restrictions on abortion in the Irish constitution uh, so that women could have safe legal access to reproductive health care in and Ireland.
0: How, and, and how do people reconcile being pro-choice with their religion
1: so i can't speak for everyone obviously but for me that was where i fell away from religion completely and there is a lot you know you can really get into the darkness of of irish history here in terms of things like the the magdalene laundries the mother and baby homes you know there's a great new york times article written about a mother and baby home in chewham in galway i will maybe try and link that in the show notes afterwards but basically where babies born out of wedlock were were sent and not cared for at all really and in recent years a huge number I actually can't even remember the exact number off the top of my head a huge number of bodies were found in a disused septic tank on the grounds of this particular mother and baby home so you know when I talk about the complexity of religion for me and a lot of people of my generation I think that things like that play a role the fact that you've seen the real firsthand badness of what religion can do, and often we think of religious extremism in terms of things like terrorism, but terrorism can be waged in a very in the minutia of your day to day life Look, almost. I
0: and I, it's interesting if you watch the view, I watch the view, I watch the YouTube clips like every day, and it really annoys my husband. And Meghan McCain <laughs> is is, is like she's very very like pro life and she's against abortion and then you have sunny who is a catholic as well mm-hmm. and sunny is you know she's so caught in like the middle of it like she's like i'm pro life for myself like i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have an abortion but you know i don't i I believe in separation of church and state so she believes in a woman's right to choose right and the idea of legislating what somebody should do anybody should do with their body you know and saying that you know people must have babies regardless of rape incest etc i feel that's terrorism
1: oh i absolutely agree
0: like i who's got what? the energy like why am i why would i say why do i care what somebody else
1: is doing you
0: you care about things like that
1: until the baby comes out of the womb no
0: yeah, but the, and that's the thing and then you've got joy bea who's like but you guys don't care about the babies yeah, when a baby yeah. comes you don't care Mm-hmm. Right. Apparently, if you look at like Republican states in the U.S., they actually like underinvest in healthcare. They of underinvest course. in education. They underinvest in everything that babies need. You know what? So that's why I say it's terrorism and it's control because it's not actually you. If you if you're going to be pro life, you've got to be pro life till the end. You've got to be pro life when people are alive, not just when babies are Absolutely. in the womb.
1: Absolutely. Basically, that that's a meandering way for me to say that. My relationship with religion has never been as simple as like, yes, I believe in God or no, I don't believe in God. There are nuances to that because of the things that that I have been privileged enough to, to learn about. But uh, I was back in Ireland a couple of months ago and we had a ceremony for my my grandmother's ashes. My grandmother, my grandfather and my uncle's ashes in our kind of family plot. And I hadn't been to, to church, certainly not in Ireland, for quite a while. And actually after the mass I felt so calm and really kind of at peace with myself. And I think it's because for me that time in church is almost like an hour of mindfulness because I know the process, because I went to mass a lot when I was growing Mm. up. And it's almost like I know the routine. It's like a yoga practice almost. I know when to sit up, I know where to sit sit down, stand up, kneel, genuflect, all of that kind of stuff. So I've been enjoying exploring that a little bit more because I think I categorize it under the self-care kind of banner for myself.
0: Yeah, because praying is a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. So prayer is a form of meditation. So I can definitely see how it's part of your self care routine, mm-hmm. but from what you're saying, it's like you're making up your own religion. I
1: <laughs> do you know what? You're not wrong because I think the thing is, it would be it would be disingenuous for me to maybe say, "Oh, I'm I'm a Catholic," because I am in a way that I identify with that because it was my default growing up. But I also do think. To say that I'm a Catholic would mean turning a blind eye to a lot of things that I know that the Catholic Church has done, not just in Ireland, but globally. And so I think that that is sometimes the difficult relationship that people have with religion. I can't endorse Catholicism. I can't endorse this kind of living in shame, atoning for your sins. But what I can endorse is living a life that is pure of intention. So, I mean, that only becomes a problem if I start calling it Phoebeism and asking for donations. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting because I find it difficult to maybe sit down and meditate for 30 minutes. But I will (laughs) quite happily say a decade of the rosary before Mm. I go to to sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I I do definitely think that that is, is, like prayer is a form of Mm -hmm. um, meditation, like taking that time out and sort of winding down like your brain and you know, I grew up Catholic as well, not in Ireland. Oh, did you? Yeah, my grandma's hardcore, but that's because the missionaries. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, obviously this isn't funny, but like no. It... But
0: if you're African, a lot of your grandparents were educated by Christian missionaries. Yeah. Right, and so and and that's how like people are Catholic. Yeah. But then, like down the line, my family are mainly um, Protestant now so that's interesting not protestant in the sense of i mean it's just not the same context as ireland that just like stopped going to a catholic church and just went to a protestant church
1: well you know i i think one of the things that and i i'm not someone who just makes kind of sweeping statements about things like this you know i actually uh a friend's brother who would probably categorize himself as a hardcore atheist is probably the only person i know i'm not an atheist no 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 <laughs> no, I, no but what i was going to say is that he's the no. only person i know who's read the bible who's read the quran who's read the torah because his thing is and i think that you can be a very pure of heart atheist you know that it's not we have this idea of sometimes atheism as being the real hardline people who are are derisive of people who are religious. That's certainly the, the attitude that I have, but mm. you can be an atheist overflowing with tolerance and being like, you do you, but I don't necessarily believe that. Mm, yeah. Would you categorize yourself as more agnostic or?
0: No, I believe in God. I just don't go to church, mm. right? Because I haven't found a church community that I want to be a part of, Yeah. right? So I definitely can't go to a Catholic church you know because i can't start going through a man to get to god <laughs> so i have no interest um yeah so that's that's how it is in terms of because the things you're talking about when you talk about you know the baby's homes mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's all like man-made yeah and so absolutely. a lot you know Church is like a man-made situation. And sometimes people in church are not always living the values. Um, yes, it's paying lip of, service. Of Christianity or, yeah. So that's my approach. I'm a very live and let live, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to this. I just don't have like strong opinions. But I think that younger people now have a more fluid relationship with their religion.
1: I absolutely agree. And I also think that that's only a positive thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that that is really positive and i think that there's so much beauty in religion it's just not always been practiced it's been used as a form of control
1: yeah absolutely and that's where it goes wrong in theory it's such a good thing yeah and you know it's this if if any and all religions can be boiled down to kind of one term it's do unto others as you would have them do unto you and if there is anything that i'm trying to live my life by it is hopefully that, and obviously that's not to say that I succeed all the time. Someone's gonna be listening to this being like, oh really? Because you were a real bitch to me the other day. Yeah. Um, But on a broad scale, I wanna live my life in such a way that I am a positive person to be around. And I think also probably what I am is a little bit lazy. So mm. outsourcing that mindfulness practice, that meditation practice to God and being yeah. like, I'm going to sit here and the vessel through which you teach, the priest, (laughs) is going to talk for an hour and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel a lot better. It is how I choose to do it. Whereas I think probably people who have different relationships with religion, but still make the effort to put that self-care in place. You know, we're all looking for the same destination.
0: Yeah, but it's so interesting because it's like I just think that religion has the opposite I don't know why I keep thinking about like the Mormon Church, and I'm like, you know, and I, I've watched this um, interview on YouTube that was really good because this guy was just interviewing these two Mormons who were on their mission.
1: Oh gosh, okay.
0: And it was so good because he wasn't like against them, you know. He let them kind of like speak freely, and they were talking about how they've never had coffee and oh. you know the diet that they have. Yeah, then you you can't drink. Coffee. I know nothing about. I have. Oh, to say. you don't. You need to go look into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. So don't drink coffee, have a really healthy lifestyle, wake up in the morning, do exercise, read the Bible for like a few hours, Are then they go to the girls who
1: can get married multiple times.
0: There is some um, Mormon
1: sex that do that.
0: Yeah. Th- th- That's S E C
1: T S everyone. I realised what it sounded like as soon as I said it. Yeah, what do you call it when you've got multiple wives? A
0: harem? No, it's not <laughs> called that.
1: Oh, polygamy. Polygamy, yeah. They do <laughs> practice
0: that. They do practice that, but then you've got a lot of people who have like left, the, you know, left the Mormon Church and have like, mm-hmm. been so traumatized by like the Mormon Church. So I think it is really good if you can take a bit of religion and use that for like self care yes. and like you can feel good. But you you're obviously you obviously have a liberal family and you know yeah live in a really liberal context. No, for For a lot sure. of people, it's just a lot more strict.
1: Yes, and I don't I don't think of when I'm talking about this. I really don't mean it as a a tool to control anybody. But I do mean it in a way of just trying to to bring a little bit of peace into my life. Are um, there other
0: ways that you bring peace into your life?
1: I, what you mean is in, I might, is everything on fire? But I'm like, I go to mass. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think probably consciously, because I'm trying to treat people with kindness, by virtue of, of trying to live my life in a loving sense, hopefully, that that is bringing peace into my life it was it's interesting i had a
0: friend who um used to go to hillsong do you know hillsong
1: yeah i do but only because justin bieber and his wife are a member of it oh yeah oh so so you just yeah. what you don't know anything about like no but different what, types of christianity just a well a, a different type that's what i was going to say it's just a well different it's a, type it's of a christianity. church it's a protestant church it's not a catholic church right that's interesting because what I had heard about them was that they were quite shady in terms of their donations. So I'm interested to know. Maybe they are. What did you hear? Well, just that they prey on vulnerable, a bit like Scientology, vulnerable celebrities. So people who've got a deep pocket
0: that, Oh, maybe they do. Maybe they do. So I used to go to Hillsong with a friend of mine. Right. And I knew a lot of people that would go to Hillsong because it's quite a nice church. It's all about God's love.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: not about God's wrath. Right. So you go there, you have a good time. The praise and worship is really epic. It's like going to a concert, and it's like Jesus is the star.
1: Wow, that's what Hillsong. Oh my is like. gosh, you should
0: go and check it out. That's
1: what I. And yeah, I'm not wealthy enough for them like, to try and do anything untoward. No, no, to no. Me they say. have regular people there,
0: <laughs> and um, and so yeah, anyway, one of my friends was was quite into it, and then she stopped going to Hillsong, right? Right. Because she said all they focus on is, God, is God's love.
1: Oh, and what, that, so she wanted a bit of
0: no. So basically, she she would say what you're doing is quite wrong because there's more to christianity than god's love oh okay and people do need to focus on god's wrath well so she stopped going because she felt like Hillsong was just too like god's love love god loves (laughs) you jesus loves you and she was like no no
1: he hates you (laughs) he literally told me he
0: does not love you (laughs) that much Um, you should hear what he said and i was like okay that's interesting that is
1: really interesting you because... have different
0: sex outside of like i feel like the catholic church fo- focuses on god's wrath oh <laughs> right absolutely um, yeah. and so hillsong focus on like god's love and it's all like fun
1: hey you know last week when we were talking about whatever trauma i had experienced that made me want everyone to desperately like me yeah maybe it's god <laughs> absolutely <do> <laughs> catholicism being told that, you know, probably you're inherently yeah, shame, bad. Shame, you shame, should, shame, 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 yeah. Better go to confession. But See, the thing that I love about Catholicism, and I will say this now, is I can sin and then I can go and confess my sin and then I can do four Hail Marys and then that sin is expunged. <laughs> it is done over, you Yeah, finito. that's what I mean. Like, things like that
0: just don't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it does, doesn't really make sense to me, but it's... Um, yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's it's interesting in the context of self-care because I think as well, we talk about self-care a lot in terms of, you know, people will put things on social media and it'll be whatever, some new makeup or a glass of wine and a face mask or something like that. And they'll say, hashtag self-care. And there are deeper conversations to be had ar- around that tertiary example I've used there. But we make self-care something tangible as in that it's something that you buy or something that you put on or something that you consume and i think that a lot of the time self-care is much more mundane than that sometimes self-care is actually quite painful in terms of you know creating a boundary or stepping away from something that ultimately is not good for you but also it doesn't have to be glittery or fancy or sexy sometimes self-care is just taking some time to sit and as you said at the beginning of this this episode realign with yourself and so I guess what's kind of becoming apparent to me as we continue to have this conversation is that we are talking about similar things but we are using different language I don't know if I agree <laughs> no like so-, so I'm talking about stilling the noise right And oh, that yes. being what that 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 is something that my cherry picking of religion is helping me to do. And obviously Mm. I can see the aspect of your friend thinking, well, you shouldn't be able to cherry pick it. You're either in it or you're not. Yeah. If those are the parameters, then I would say that I'm not in it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not trying to live a life of judgment and I'm not trying to live a life where- Oh yeah,
0: yeah. She was incredibly judgmental. (laughs) (laughs) We're no longer friends because I mean, it's not, in line with like, who I, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just not like that. So after a while, it became untenable.
1: But also, if you are someone who is living your life to that standard, that is exhausting. No, it's exhausting. It's anxiety-inducing. Yeah, and because you are waiting, not only are you watching everybody else and you're judging them, and that's obviously not a great way to live, but you are waiting for you yourself to slip, and that oh, yeah. is not sustainable. You want to live a life that is chilled. <laughs> Yeah, chilled, you want to you
0: want to live a life that's chilled. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> it's really important to live a life that's chilled, and it's really important to do. It's important to take care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But also, if you're you know, when you're talking about going home and like having this ceremony for your your grandparents and your uncle, is it your grandparents and your uncle's yeah. ashes? Right? That's really more about like your the, your family and like your community. Yes, and so. So you were brought up within the Catholic Church, right? And so there's fond memories and Mm -hmm. that's why it's this place of solace and comfort. Yeah. And it it really could be anything.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It really, really could be anything. And... That experience It's what it means to you And Mm
0: -hmm. and, and the the comfort that it gives you
1: And the values that you create for your home And your relationships
0: But do you feel judged? Like do you know many people who are About that Catholic life anymore? Right I mean I've got friends who are like Really really quite practising
1: I wouldn't feel comfortable lumping myself in with people who are quite practicing because I I wouldn't be
0: comfortable if I was you either. Because until you said you wanted to do this episode, I had no idea that you were practicing.
1: But that's really interesting because a lot of my friends from home, like even throughout university, I would have been going to church. You've never said I'm going to church. But do you know why that is? It's because people think you're simple. Yeah. Do you not think? I think that that's actually interesting and potentially worth exploring a little bit more. I don't talk about being religious or being Catholic or still subscribing to aspects of Catholicism because- But I've got friends that go to church at lunchtime. Oh, like I've never, you, you're not like- I'm not going to church at lunchtime. go to church at lunchtime. But I feel like Irish Catholics are probably a bit more casual about it. Like mass in Ireland is 45 minutes long. Mass here is an hour and a half. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what are we talking about here? <laughs> A woman can only meditate for so long. I've received, I have said my, our father, it's time to go. It's time to go. Um, And I always think like, how did my parents get three of us to sit through a mass this long? My sisters have pretty much 100% fallen away. They're not interested at all. But I do think it's different being in London, being in the city, you could very easily, it's not, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, oh my God, it's so hedonistic. It's Gotham City, you guys. <laughs> but it's not as though you're going to be, you know, going in, may the Lord open, blessed be, into your client meetings. Some people are. Some people, well, do you know what? I feel like if I met them, I'd probably feel a little bit comfortable being like, oh, I'm also a but little it, bit religious.
0: But also it might be more from the, um, because if you think about like, Catholicism is declining. hmm but it's like increasing in Africa for right. sure. And I think maybe in Latin America as well. Mm-hmm. And so most people I know are very religious.
1: Right, that's really interesting. Definitely not for- Very
0: religious. For like me. most people I know are very religious by like UK standards. Like they go to church on Sundays. They go to church at lunchtime. Wow. They are really religious.
1: One thing that I will do on occasion at lunchtime.
0: Like, if you say you're, eight, like, that's why, like, being an atheist is so scary for black people. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to hear from you from, from black yeah. people that are atheists, because it's so scary. Like, you have people that are very, rea- I'm very relaxed. Like I don't mind if people are Muslim, Christian. I'm super relaxed. Mm-hmm. But, like, atheism is still something that's, like, quite... Taboo. Like whoa, it's a, it's still a bit of a taboo. It's still a bit like whoa, you went
1: there. Right, whoa, right. whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, wow! So you literally <laughs> don't care about your immortal soul, like <laughs> at like, all. It's like it's very like if if you, it's, I I don't even have the words. That I think that most people I know, a friend told me that they were Ireland. an atheist. Yeah,
0: at uni. And I was so devastated. You and I'm devastated. not I'm so devastated. How and funny. And I'm not, like, happy clappy, like, I'm not even one of those people. But I was like, whoa, I've never, I, I don't think I'd even, like, been friends with somebody that was atheist.
1: Wouldn't it have been so funny if you'd been <laughs> like, that. that's so edgy. That's so cool. No, it but super you edgy were, cause we're,
0: we're friends now. But I was very distressed. I was like, whoa, whoa. I didn't see that coming.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. And, um yeah it's very interesting so i would say that people that i know like irish people my age would probably just lazily define themselves as catholic and when i say lazily i don't mean that in a disparaging sense but i just mean that that is basically the blueprint so most people might not have been to mass in the last six months or six years or whatever Mm. but they would still you go at christmas time when you're back home with your family that kind of thing yeah and that's what I'm gonna do this year as well because we're going to a uh, carol yeah, service on Christmas Eve because nice. I like those things. And again, that's maybe where religion becomes more of a tradition than a religious aspect. Exactly, um, a lot of religion these days is
0: more cultural mm-hmm. and traditional, yeah. rather than you know actually following scriptures. Yes, um, and that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing because some cultures take it to the extreme.
1: No, of course, and I guess the the essence of what I am trying to say is that I want that my central thesis is that I believe that religion and my relationship with God is one based on on love and good intention and by and large that's how I want to live my life and that's my then my version of religion there and if I had a child those are the virtues that I would want to teach them as well yeah, and I think that, for me,
0: that's like, and I always say this, you know, like, if I think about Jesus today, where would Jesus be? Jesus would be hanging out with the hoes, hanging out with the fuck boys,
1: preaching the he word. He would be in a t- detention center <laughs> because he's a refugee. Yeah, he would be in a detention center. Theresa May would have said, Get out no, but Jesus was washing the
0: feet of prostitutes yeah. and you know not you know and hanging out with people that that needed help mm, and spiritual absolutely. guidance right and so I think the challenge that I have with organized religion is like you need to be perfect you need to have your yes. husband you need to have your kids they need to have their hair perfectly done and they need to have their neat dresses and mm-hmm. their perfect socks and you know a lot of the time that community that is meant to kind of support you when things are not going well you can't even tell them things are not going well yeah because it's actually the most judgmental Mm -hmm. community sometimes right
1: and how you're perceived is so important as opposed to how you are yeah
0: how you're perceived is so so important as opposed to how you are Mm -hmm. that's an excellent way of putting it so when you say you know i'm really all about having you know it's really love first i want to be a positive influence like in people's lives i feel mm. like my religion is a positive influence and center point in my life this is super unique because a lot of the time religion is weaponized and it's like mm-hmm. judgment 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 yeah you know and so and i totally agree like i'm completely on your wave
1: you can be a priest if you want i have <laughs> no religion. i
0: have no interest my friend is actually a um a humanist oh
1: um, my cousin's a humanist yeah as well. or like she i believe that she can perform humanist ceremonies
0: she can perform my friend can perform humanist ceremonies. yeah yeah through the humanist
1: that sounds celebrant i think one of the the difficulties i have when i'm thinking about classifying myself as religious is seeing the negative ramifications or knowing that religion has had negative ramifications on the lives of people that i love and then obviously you don't want to be insensitive to to their justifiable disdain for religion. You know, I never Mm. want to be like, I'm Catholic because I love God and God loves me. And then for someone to say, well, God thinks I'm an abomination because I love men. Mm. You know, this kind of thing. I I don't want to, or God thinks I'm an abomination because I'm trans or I'm non-binary. I don't want you to ever think that I also think that because I'm saying that I'm religious. The other thing, and my husband, this is my husband's anecdote, not my own, but when one of his friends was getting married and they had a sit down with the the parish priest, he asked them at the end of the the meeting if they'd like him to pray for her brother as well because her brother was gay and he asked if they'd like him to pray for her brother's healing. And you think I never want you to think that I'm gonna be one of those people who forgives you. What did they say? And they said, "Get out of my house." Yeah, but how can they say that? Because isn't um,
0: in uh, Christianity isn't homosexuality something that requires healing?
1: Yeah, I suppose. But then this is it, isn't it? This is where this is where my idea of cherry picking you guys uh, it speaks for itself. You don't have to worry about that. God loves you, and He does because I don't mind. think
0: it's in from His perspective. This priest is it a priest or yeah i believe so right they're like oh do you think we should pray for their healing i don't know it depends on how you say it but like and that's where picking and choosing (laughs) gets super complicated Mm. because i don't think he was meaning it in like a mean way he wasn't like oh giving them a a brochure for like pray the gay away
1: well you kind of are though aren't you because if they're healing what are they sick from but why
0: is the priest in their house
1: that's what you do when you have a wedding. You have to meet with the priest beforehand.
0: Yeah, but why do they want to get married in church if they yeah, don't believe no, this I stuff? Mean, this like,
1: is the thing. We can't get too deep into this anecdote I, I, didn't I don't get wanna, married in church. Do you I don't know, what know mean? these people, <laughs> and I don't want to dox them. Accidentally. I just find it so
0: funny because people want to get married in church and then they're like against all of this like stuff. But then when you, um, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't know enough. I need to actually go and read the Bible. I think I might read the Bible next.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I'm interested yeah. in actually sort of really seeing, just getting my own perspective.
1: Which, which bits you want. Yeah, I want to get my own perspective <laughs> on
0: this because my understanding is that homosexuality is a sin.
1: Yes. From the Bible. From I the mean, Bible. Not... From the Bible, yeah. yeah to be from clear. the
0: Bible, my understanding is it's a sin, right?
1: Yeah. That's my understanding. I mean, but so is cutting your hair. Is and it's a sin? Yeah. And so is wearing mixed cloth, Mi- mixed fabrics, I think yeah so you're so not it's people's to issue with that
0: if you're not going to talk to me about mixed fabrics then don't talk to me about my brother <laughs> that would
1: be because that's a good
0: stand yeah that makes sense absolutely um and yeah and that's something that i have issues with, with as well you know that while you're picking and choosing like the good bits there are people that pick and choose the bad bits no i know to like that is so true hammer over people's heads and then they yeah. kind of ignore everything else
1: and you've got to take a bit of responsibility for that when you're Or when I say you, I, one has to take responsibility for that because you are proliferating the negative if you don't take a very definitive stance and say, by the way, I'm cherry picking. I like to go. I don't say very much. I sit at the back and I feel nice after I've left. Yeah. But this does not negate the persecution that the Catholic Church has exacted on people for.
0: Yeah, or religion in general. Or religion in general, of course. Like homophobia. I'm interested in like the the view on like yeah, misogyny, but I'm also interested in the view on trans, what the biblical view would be. I don't think being trans is a sin.
1: Well, I think that probably they just didn't have the language around that when they were transcribing the Bible. But you look at religious zealots. Yeah. Again in the US, which is always our favourite example. (laughs) Sorry to any listeners from the US. (laughs) you do see that that is a huge bugbear of theirs they're very anti-trans rights that they
0: are but i don't think that there's a text oh no 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 no, there definitely isn't
1: but then technically there's no text about abortions either because they definitely weren't being mentioned in the bible so true It's all a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. It's a scam. <laughs> Wait, I'm not religious after all. God, this was an intervention, not a podcast. It's a
0: wow, it's a scam. Um,
1: wow. The crux being, there is no one who can't benefit from some kind of self-care in their lives. Obviously, ideally, when you're practicing that self-care, you're not hurting others around you based on this conversation and the the detour that we've taken is actually making me rethink my stance on a couple of things and maybe if what I have been doing here is a little bit complicit in the negative aspects of religion. But I guess I'm interested in the idea that you can practice a love that maybe stems from religion or maybe I should say from an agnostic perspective where you believe in some kind of spirituality, you believe in something but you're just not sure what that is and that there can only be good things from that, whatever the driving force for you to try and be a good person and try and have a positive impact on other people's lives is. That is a good thing, absolutely. Be that religion or just because you have the resolve to just try and be that person anyway. You know, some of the best people I know are not good because they're religious, they're good just because they're good, yeah. I unfortunately need a little tally. I need an incentive. No, but
0: I don't think that religion makes people good. No, not at all. I don't think religion is a power structure. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to have people who, if they are influential in that space, they use it for good. Mother Teresa.
1: Mother Teresa was pretty bad. Was she bad? I think there was something I read about this recently. Again, guys, I will try and link, but i'm embarrassed to say this because i know someone's gonna hear me say oh she believed that um but it was actually a reddit thread of people who get very much so whitewashed she was very very cruel she believed that the poor should die to speed up their ascension into heaven i don't know enough about this i mean she was obviously canonized and made like poster girl of the Catholic church. But there were a bit of shady dealings, I believe, from Mother Teresa that we don't necessarily learn about. Imagine I turned out to be a huge conspiracy theorist and I was just like, and lizard people are running the US. (laughs) That's
0: so funny. Mother Teresa wasn't a saintly person. She was a shrewd operator with unpalatable views who knew how to build up a brand. (laughs) <laughs> oh
1: wow this is in the independent she was a brand ambassador before instagram was even she, on the scene whoa she's basically the kim k of, she was hashtagging blessed of her, of her
0: generation ask most people what they think about mother teresa and they'll say something like she was a good person that's me <laughs> um, but she was actually a lying thieving albanian dwarf apparently oh god it's pretty <laughs> pretty harsh
1: that was that was read from an article Who was in case that?
0: christopher hitchens once famously dubbed her of course yeah okay um just to be clear that i always say one thing if a mother can kill her own child then what is left of the west to be destroyed it's difficult to explain but it's just that so she was
1: what she killed her own child or... <laughs> no
0: she's basically pro-life of course
1: oh my god i'm so sorry i was looking she's at basically thinking, just against what are you doing she was okay so no. she was very anti-abortion anti-choice yeah if a mother can kill her own child i was thinking she's hey, like what
0: what's humanity come to like if a mom can kill her own child basically wow
1: that's interesting okay so anyway I mean, that's not that that's pretty in line with no of course but that's Christian very extreme thinking. extreme statement for someone who then was so palatable in the west I'm going to look into that. But yeah, another scam. Another bur- yeah. bubble of If we were birth. trying to be YouTubers, we'd be clickbaiting this this podcast episode. I, I was going to call it Theresa May. Mother <laughs> Teresa cancelled. <laughs> you won't believe what she said next. <laughs> like, she actually died quite a while ago. Theresa May is also cancelled. Uh, well,
0: she in fact famously once stopped an interview when the interviewer used the word homosexuals and said they should be referred to as friends of Jesus.
1: Oh, listen, I'm not getting into the minutiae of Mother Teresa's pros it's and cons It's here. all quite like... like... It, this is too ambiguous. <laughs> Let the woman speak for herself. No, um, but again, one of those things where poster girls, some people use religion for good, some use it for bad. This is a conversation as much as anything else where we're trying to work out where we what what a landscape looks like on a particular topic and I think that the feedback that we received on last week's episode was really really amazing or our most recent episode was really amazing and the amount of you that said I've experienced something like that or I'm going through something like this at the moment or it's amazing to hear that that you guys are talking about this you know I felt like I was the only one losing a friend and navigating friendships and things like that is a very specific kind of grief and I was interested in having this conversation because again I'm really interested in the thoughts and opinions that you guys might have on it you know does religion factor into your life at all is it something that you even think about did you grow up religious and then fell away from that entirely or is religion something you found later on in life and again I use my my husband as an example here my husband was raised an atheist but he's or non-denominational is that what it that's what it's called
0: no I mean atheism is like I don't believe in God and non-denominational yeah his dad
1: definitely didn't believe in God but I think his mum was a bit more kind of yeah just like yeah you're not aligned yeah, to a specific going, denomination you know whatever there's a couple of things going on um, yeah but he is then very much so I'd say from the dual school of thought where it's live and let live yeah I don't mind because I've said things like oh if we had a child I'd want them to be baptised yeah I'd want to get them christened and I'd want to get them christened back in Ireland yeah which is where I was christened and yeah. again that's talking about the religious Aspects of tradition.
0: Phoebe is really repping for Ireland. I
1: am <laughs> you. Were like, Irish Tourism Board. Hit me up. <laughs> we need some <laughs> sponsorship, baby. We need some sponsorship. <laughs> Don't worry about the mother and baby homes. Ignore those Magdalene laundries. It is all green, good. Good food, good energies. Exactly. Check it out, guys. Literally. Next next YouTube clickbait. Like <laughs> You won't believe where she recommended next. 10 things you won't believe Phoebe said about Ireland.
0: No, but it's good. I mean, our, our second most listened to city or the city that listens to us oh yes sorry yeah yeah
1: yeah. our our most amount of our second most amount of listeners we might have to work on this a little bit um but come from from dublin which is amazing so thank you very much all of our beautiful dublin listeners i feel bad because i've never been to ireland so i I need to step up oh we're gonna do a live show there (laughs) you guys
0: no we need to we should
1: we we would love to do a live show with you but we don't know how many of you are just responsible for listening to the podcast over and over and over and over <laughs> again so we're blown away with the amount of listens that we've gotten to on each episode but when we host a live episode is it just going to be three of you've been really repping hard for us yeah no, listening like 150 times each
0: i think i yeah i think i think yeah hopefully it's more than like two people re-listening um, but guys, we are on Acast. So the podcast is now available on Acast. Uh, you can also find um, our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And it should be on like all podcast platforms by now if you want to get in touch with us please follow us on instagram so at jules phoebe we would love to hear from you also if you do like the podcast please rate us on on apple Podcasts and and that would be amazing yeah leave leave a review we would love that but yeah thank you so much thank you for
1: listening thank you for listening guys speak to you soon Bye. Bye. bye